Support for Waveform comes from Anthropic. So looking for an AI solution for a business, it might be time to check out the Claude 3 family from Anthropic, your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. So whether you're powering a customer chat experience or doing complex R&D or need advanced analysis, Anthropic can help provide you with frontier intelligence. So if you're looking for speed, power, or anything in between, the Claude 3 family offers AI models for a variety of tasks and budgets. Join the thousands of enterprises who use Anthropic to navigate this new frontier. Visit anthropic.com slash Claude, C-L-A-U-D-E today. Jumpstart your genius with Claude 3 by Anthropic. Hi, we're Visible. We're the wireless company with nothing to hide. Seriously. Hidden fees? We don't have them. Annual contracts? Not our thing. Great wireless on just one line? Now that's more like it. Get unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just $25 a month. Taxes and fees included. That's right. $25 a month? Every month. Sorry, hidden fees. We're just not that into you. Sometimes the choice is just Visible. Switch today at Visible.com. Rate with service on the Visible plan. For additional terms and network management practices, see Visible.com. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. All right, welcome back to the Waveform Podcast. We're your hosts. I'm Marquez. And I'm Andrew. And today, well, we got to talk all about that Apple event because there is a lot to talk about, a lot of announcements. We got to talk about the AirTags, the new M1 iPads, and the new M1 iMacs with all their new designs and all that goodness. So there's a lot to break down. I think we can say uh, this event was loaded officially. Spring loaded. It's spring loaded. It lived up to the name. Uh, did it? How many springs did you count? Well, there were no actual physical springs. Yeah. I think that's fair. But it's not fair. it happened in spring, so I guess that's their little pun. Uh, I told you that was the only pun. It was just it yeah, happened in spring. Yeah, that's what we guess, but like you just expect a little more out of Apple. Come yeah. Uh, well, we'd like to see it. Uh, let's just go order of events. Let's just go in order of what happened, give our reactions and our thoughts and everything that was announced. Sure. Actually, let's just start with the uh, the, the thoughts on the event the itself, actual right? Event, yeah. I was just thinking I'm really gonna miss Apple events because. Their crazy cinematic transitions where they'll go from like one end of campus through an FPV drone shot, through some <laughs> trees, up to a rooftop, to another person is going to is just going to turn back into a person walking off stage, handing a remote to somebody who walks back on stage. Like that's that's all we are getting when we go back to regular events. I'm really going to miss those transitions. They were, they were still the best at live events, but like what we've been gifted with like i tweeted that i thought it's unfair to compare apple to other live event or other virtual events because they're just in such a league of their own it's just not fair anymore it, yeah they're the gold standard it's insane sure. it's what they do is just on a completely different level and i don't think i want a live apple event back because <laughs> i will miss the production quality yeah of um these. there's also a meme moment and i think uh i think at this point apple understands that there will be a meme in every event. And a lot of companies unintentionally create a meme moment because there's just so much cringe. 
Last time we saw Craig Federighi open the MacBook halfway and the yeah. light glow on his face, and they had the music playing in the slow-mo, they knew that was going to be a meme. That's why they made that moment. Yeah. How cool is that? This one was Tim Cook ripping his face off. This one was way more in that this is definitely going to be a meme, and I, I call it, well, I didn't call it early. We, they were doing the whole thing, and the minute he reached his hand to his face, I went, oh, my that. God, it's Tim Cook. You did and call the, that. The, the, there was like a half a second in that pulling part where it like morphed to his face that was just creepy and I loved every second of it and I, we all started screaming. It was yeah. amazing. My favorite thing about that is like Apple has their own internal video team essentially and they had to they had to they had to decide to do that. Like really? they had to have a team go, "Hey Tim, we've got this idea." We're gonna have this whole thing happen, and then at the end, we'll and they they made it happen. I'm really glad they made it happen. Remember when Beeple was telling us that he was talking with people from Pixar, and like they weren't even just working on the water of Frozen; they were working on the foam. Mm-hmm. Somebody's sole job mm-hmm. in that Apple event for probably like months was a clip of someone peeling their face off and turning into Tim Cook. Yeah, if you, if that is not on your LinkedIn, I yeah. would be sorely sorely. It's in your unimpressed. reel for sure. Yeah. Top. Top five CEO promo moments of all time. Right what? up there with Steve Ballmer chanting developers. I was gonna say was, was he I don't think he was CEO then, but like okay. he became CEO later, so we'll give right. it there. Developers, like that's developers, iconic. Developers, 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 developers. The Tim Cook face might be right. Because it's it's never the CEO. It's always the Craig Federigis. It's always like a bunch of other people, but the CEO having a moment like that is pretty special. Good yeah. good job, Tim. Also, Tim Cook needs to make an Apple Fitness Plus class because he looked He did look kind of swole. Yeah. He did. Great job. All right, so they started with Apple Card. Pretty small updates. Uh, You can now essentially have like a family sharing or a spouse sharing plan on the same Apple Card, Mm -hmm. so you can build credit together. Um, I don't know how much of a deal breaker or maker this is. I don't really use my card that much, but it's pretty cool. It's one of those things where like you immediately just see them getting into the credit card business, which is like no one really likes to give any benefit to the credit card business, but when you see being able for a 13-year-old to start building credit with spending limits right off the bat, like as someone who has had really bad credit in the past and it's hard to build that up, like I weirdly, maybe I just feel like an adult now that I'm kind of, I think that's cool, but yeah, whatever. That's all I have to really say. That's about fair, that. but it, it's a thing that happened. Um, Apple Podcasts also got an app, so or redesigned, update, yeah, or redesigned. Yeah. so they redesigned the podcast app and they also introduced paid subscriptions, so you'll be able to subscribe to a podcast that you want to support and, I guess, get an ad-free version mm-hmm. of it. And there's a revenue split, which I believe is 70-30. The first year, I believe. Of the first year, mm-hmm. and then it goes to eighty-five uh, fifteen. But you're essentially paying money directly to the creators of the podcast you enjoy, and Apple takes a cut And uh, you basically have to get into that program somehow. I'm not exactly sure how it works. I think I'll get a little more information on that. But basically, you can directly support a podcast you like. To me, this makes sense because I only listen to about five or six podcasts. So if I specifically want to just hear them ad-free and support those creators I like, you know, some of them come from creators, some of them come from conglomerates, like big companies. But I think the ones that come from creators, I would happily subscribe to. I think so too. Um, And then... Correct me if I'm wrong. Nineteen ninety nine per year per podcast you're supporting. Is that right? I don't. I didn't see that. That might be true. I'd have to look it I up. For some reason, thought I read that. I was when I first heard this. I didn't realize it was like a per podcast thing. I thought it was going to be like a just a 
a premium version of Apple Podcasts, and then any podcast you listen had it. Oh, but, like Apple Arcade. But yeah, I like if you're thinking of this, think closer to like Patreon yeah. for podcasts solely on Apple Podcasts. Yeah. Right, which is why it's probably going to get a lot more comparison over the next couple of weeks when it rolls out about like how much of a cut they take versus how much of a cut Patreon would take, yeah. which is like where do you want your podcast to be hosted? Exactly. Um, we'll keep an eye on that, but that's pretty cool. We run a podcast. I don't know if you knew that. So, oh, yeah. What's this mic doing? Yeah, here? exactly. Okay. <laughs> um, there's a purple iPhone 12. Cool. It's purple. It's a nice purple. It's a nice purple. It's a nice purple. That's all the notes. Cool. That's Next everything. Segment. I think we covered cool. that. Yeah. Okay. Um, no, that was. I actually <laughs> do have a note on that. So, you know how we put Easter eggs in our videos intentionally, yes. <laughs> and sometimes people will pick up on them. Sometimes people will pick up on some of them. Uh, there was an Easter egg that I didn't pick up until I was editing our recap video, which was as Tim Cook walks up to Apple Park, he goes through it or like past a tree. That tree is covered entirely in purple flowers. He goes on to say, now it's time to talk about iPhone. And I'm convinced that that tree was purple because they're about to announce the oh, purple yeah. iPhone. How long ago did they plant that tree? <laughs> I think they just have every colored tree probably, on Apple Campus and they're like, let's set up next to the Apple purple Apple Campus one. is beautiful. And yeah. If, yeah. Apple TV got a couple pretty sweet updates. So there's new Apple TV 4K. Um, I don't personally use an Apple TV because it's not very competitive price-wise versus a lot of this. I use a Chromecast. Like yeah, it's much I've, simpler. But yeah. it does plug in great with the Apple ecosystem. It's 179 for a 32 gig, 199 for a 64 gig. And there's a new remote now, uh, which is much better looking, has a little click wheel at the top so you can scroll through. Just the original Apple remote for the TV was trash. Like very bad, notoriously awful. So the fact that they updated it at all was expected. Um, my favorite thing was something I'm the most skeptical about, but also the most interested in, which yeah, is yeah, the yeah. calibration of your TV. You saw this? Yeah, it's like you put the front of your phone up against your TV screen and it'll calibrate the Apple TV image, I guess, yeah. to, I guess, work best with whatever TV you're using. Exactly. So it'll only work, obviously, with Apple TV content. Like if you, as soon as you yeah, leave yeah, Apple yeah. TV, it'll look back like a normal TV. But yeah, it'll look at the colors going into the ambient light sensor in the front of the iPhone, which is interesting. I thought they would use like the big nice sensors on the back, but they're just using the front of the iPhone. You put it up against the TV, shines a few bright colors in there, and it's able to calibrate. It's really cool if it works. If it works, yeah. They went really quickly over it. I would imagine it's the front cameras because you can place the phone perfectly flat on it, whereas if you were putting the back cameras uh. on, it would be harder to keep the phone flat with the camera bump. Also, the metal edges on the cameras imagine thinking you're calibrating your TV and you step back and it just got lines across the entire thing you because the camera it. bump just scratched everything. Yikes. Okay, um, so there's a case for making a phone with no camera bump like LG is you could use much better sensors for calibrating your Apple TV. There you go. That was just what they needed to break through. Yeah. That was too little too late, unfortunately. Um, I do have to say, I never used the original uh, Apple TV remote, but the amount of people who like freaked out on Twitter that like they meme. finally get a remote with like, real clicking and like looks like a huge upgrade it seems it seems like it's a big update and you also for i think 59 bucks can buy it separately oh, for smart. older generations so i think people should be pretty pumped about that yeah the last remote was a very johnny ive product where i'm sure he envisioned like a future like you just hold a pebble and just yeah. caress the pebble a certain <laughs> way and the tv responds to you where i think that's what he was going for it looks great on your coffee table and then you want to th toss it against the wall whenever yeah. you have to try and use it um you brought up a good point today 
we've been talking a lot about something we're going to talk about later, which includes Apple's Find My feature. And why does the remote not have built in yeah. a Find My chip? Yeah. There's only a couple Apple devices that have the U1 chip built in for very specific reasons, right? So iPhone 11 and iPhone 12, mm -hmm. they were the latest two phones they put those in. And so HomePod has a U1 chip because you can interact with the iPhone directionally and sort of like beam music to your speaker. Mm -hmm. So they're they're building in smart things and we, we're gonna talk about AirPods and AirTags in a second, but why doesn't the remote have a Find My thing? Apple only makes one remote. It's not that hard. Yeah, like yeah, if they made right. nine remotes, I'd be like, oh, it would be too much work. But they only make one remote. And the one thing you know you lose more than anything, more than your keys, more than AirPods, more than any other Apple product, including your phone, is that stupid remote. And they didn't put it in the remote. It's funny because, well, now we're just, now I'm going to rant a little bit. But like whenever I lose my remote, obviously the first place to do is middle of couch cushions. Then you lift the couch cushions up. Then you reach in that weird spot between the back and the bottom and yep. there's like that hole that falls into yep. and then you look there and then I always realize that I accidentally carried it into the kitchen trying to get a snack and so like <laughs> if I had to find my feature on that remote it would be amazing I yeah. love that yeah this is a it's a weird over Miss oversight by Apple yeah. Apple usually thinks of these types of things I'm shocked so who's frankly. who's gonna make the like air tags adapter for Apple remote oh it's already a thing moment made yeah one. Oh, yeah you can click that one yeah on. yeah let's just talk about that then air tags yeah air tags came out it happened. There were some fun. rumors. Like we knew it was going I mean, to come for, out. Like years at this point, aren't they? at least yeah. a year. We've been talking about AirTags. Yeah, well, because well, Find My iPhone's been so good for so long, it made sense. The rumor came up. Everyone went, "Oh yeah, they should make like a sort of a tile where you can just find other stuff." Um, so that's basically what they made. It's one of those things where I feel like the audience willed it into existence. Like uh, it never yeah. would have been something I would guess Apple would make, but it did make sense. And maybe it's just because I've heard so many people randomly talking about it over and over again. And then it comes out. It makes it feel like they're like, yeah, that was our idea the whole time. Yeah, I think there's a lot of there's a lot of Apple products that people talk about should exist. And then one day they actually do it. And maybe they can look like they were listening to us, but they're probably just like holding on to some of that stuff. Probably, yeah. So what does it do? So so AirTags are this small circular like sort of a puck. It's maybe the size of like a like a checkers piece, like I would a say. Quarter. A little bigger than a quarter. A quarter, point, like the circle is about a quarter size. It's obviously thicker than that. Right. But. So it's a plastic 1.25 inch diameter plastic circle that has a little uh, stainless steel disc underneath it. And uh, basically it has a U1 chip inside and a little replaceable battery. User replaceable, which is awesome. Yeah. And essentially you'll go and find my, connect it to your iPhone, and you can find this puck wherever it is so now your goal is to attach this air tag puck to a thing that you want to find so again whether it's a tv remote or your keys on a keychain or a bag like a backpack that's going to be the purpose of air tags they'll sell you one for 29 bucks or a four pack for 99 bucks pretty smart yeah i'm gonna go with uh one thing i'm super impressed with well yeah if we're like, so we've imagined AirTags already, right? There's a lot of things I thought they would be and a lot of things I wouldn't think they would be. Okay. I think they did a lot of really, really good things. I think they messed up a couple of things. All right. So I use a replaceable battery. I would have never, ever, 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 ever thought that Apple would let you do that. Like I thought it would be like a four month battery and then you bring it into Apple and they charge you 20 bucks to replace it. 
or you just like literally throw it away. But that would go against their environmental thing. So yeah. I assume to bring it into Apple, pay to get it replaced. The fact that they do user replaceable, like not proprietary battery mm-hmm. is insane to me. And it's great. kudos, kudos, kudos to that. There are old tiles, by the way, that are still out there with a like a roughly one year battery life that you do have to just throw out yeah. when they're done, which is they do have some newer ones that have a battery. Yeah, yeah. Um, the newer ones yeah, have yeah, replaceable yeah. batteries. But this is a I think it's a CR twenty thirty two, something like that. It's the same battery you might have in your key fob, your garage door opener, maybe a watch. Pretty great. Yeah. Um I do really wish it had its own keyhole ring mm-hmm. because it, in very typical Apple fashion, now you have to buy an accessory basically unless you have a small pocket in whatever you're putting it in. But like yeah. keys have to have an accessory. Like it doesn't fit in a wallet at all as far as I'm concerned. It it's uh, it, it depends on your it wallet. It doesn't. It, it doesn't. Okay, so it's it it's, the, it's the wrong shape, basically. It is yeah, the right dimensions, but they just need it to be thick. flat. Yeah, it's a little too thick, and it sort of bulges. So if you, like, put something that shape in your pocket, it's going to feel weird. If they'd made – this, see, this is Tile's advantage is they can just yeah, also sure. make a square flat one, mm-hmm. and that's going to fit better in something like a wallet. Um, as far as I know, this is the only shape of AirTag that's planned maybe ever. Maybe they make a different one later. But, yeah, you're right. No key – like ring yeah, built yeah. in. You should be able to just go straight onto your key ring with it. Right. So it is almost useless by itself unless you just put it in a backpack. Yeah, maybe like a purse. Yeah. A purse would work well because so you got to buy a, a keychain or a sort of loop or a ring. Apple will happily sell you. There's a couple that they sell for like 30, 35 bucks, but there's a bunch of third parties also making specifically AirTag holders where they'll yeah. make a keychain for you or a loop for you that's mm-hmm. a little cheaper or maybe it's made of leather or hard shell or something else like that. Uh, Dbrand sells you one you can customize, obviously put a skin on yeah. the, the tag itself, and which by the way, Apple will let you engrave if you want. With like a emoji. Uh, with like a single emoji or like I, three characters. Whatever. I feel like someone's going to nail something on that. Something is, some emoji or etching in that is going to be so perfect and I can't wait for it. Um, but yeah. But, and then in typical tech fashion, I did one thing I liked about it, one thing that's bad about it, and one thing that I might happen with the software advance okay. or update. I They have their whole like ultra wide band where you look on your phone and it'll bring you towards where it was. I really, really thought they were going to use way more AR in that. Like I pull up my phone, it shows me through the camera the environment that I'm in, and then has maybe even just like a dot or like a, a location. So when I'm looking, I mm. now know the difference in like height. Maybe if I'm if my keys are on my desk, and I'm looking from another room, I can see like, oh, that's about my desk height over there. They're probably just on my desk, and I didn't look. Yeah. So I have I have a couple feelings about this precision finding. They call it precision finding. Mm-hmm. So you can obviously it has a great speaker, and you can just play a sound, yeah. and it'll come up. And to me, that's mostly how I'm going to keep using these. And it it made it feel like the precision finding was a little bit gimmicky, even though it's perfectly fine and works well. When I actually like go back to like outside of the studio real life, I feel like I'm just going to keep using the sound. Yeah, I guess it doesn't. It it was cool. It's cool. I want it because it's cool. It makes no sense. The sound's better. I want it because it's cool. Yeah, no. So I it does use actually a little bit of visual data to know like what sort of environment you're in. I just don't think it's that precise as far as locating it. So ultra wideband is good with giving you direction. And when okay. I'm pointing the phone in various directions, it'll give me an arrow on the screen and some haptics saying a little left, a little right. And it's pointing you generally at where the thing's going to be. But I might put my phone 
six, eight inches from the thing and it's telling me I found it. So it's not gonna be super precise, but I agree. It would be cool if they just showed me like a sort of orb where it's gonna be yeah. somewhere. Like, oh, it's in the couch between these two cushions somewhere. Here, like that would be cool. Even if that makes almost no sense, imagine just at the Apple store, they're like, oh yeah, this is how this works. And then to show a customer like, oh look, I just pull up my iPhone. Oh, it's over there. Like people would lose it and buy it and never use that again, but they would buy the product because that's how cool the demonstration is in the yeah. store. Yeah. So the, it's a it's still a pretty cool demo, but the AR stuff would be pretty next level when they inevitably make their glasses, they got to build this in. They got to build this into the AR glasses. Find my mm -hmm. with AR orbs. Yeah. Yeah. But, I think uh, uh well, one more cool thing or one more thing I found interesting about AirTags was like we're not sure on exactly how it works, but essentially if you put the tag on something and it winds up following somebody else's iPhone for too long, AKA it assumes uh, like maybe someone snuck an air tag onto your car to track you or into your purse and someone else is tracking you, it will give an alert to the iPhone that it has been following saying, by the way, like you've got, I think you got a tracker like kind of near you. So I, I thought that was, really interesting it's really um, smart it's yeah. well done if you have an iphone that's good if you have an android you're still getting tracked uh <laughs> <laughs> but the one other thing <laughs> about the air tags is when you do lose something you can go on the find my app and mark it as lost and when you do you can activate your phone number and a message being attached to the air tag hmm. so if someone finds it and i have an android phone and i scan i can literally put up my android phone against that air tag and it works like a normal NFC tag, and it will bring you to a web page that shows you the message and the phone number, which is really cool. It's like a modern-day luggage tag type thing. Uh, I can also find that message through the app on my iPhone, which uh -huh. is pretty cool. Um, but yeah, you're right. If you do get like an AirTag following you around, it'll ping your iPhone and actually start to, yeah. to make noises from that AirTag to tell you. That cool. scanning thing sounds so cool until you realize that like, 90% of the people out there will have no idea to do that mm -hmm. and will pick that thing up and probably toss it in the trash or like just kick it out of the way in the sh well it should be attached to something i guess okay fair yeah just it makes me it makes me want to hope like people will look at it and go is this a luggage tag and maybe somebody will know what to I, do with it i guess the better if they if someone finds it and like brings it to a lost and found, hopefully whatever company that is, whether it's like a hotel or a restaurant operating the lost and found, will eventually realize like, oh, this is what this is. I can probably find this yeah. customer or something. The biggest advantage, oh, this is the last thing I want to say about AirTags, sure. the biggest advantage they have is the Find My Network is iOS devices everywhere. And if you live in an area with a lot of iOS devices passively passing by you, those will sort of, well, literally passively update that AirTag's location mm -hmm. in the background, which is also how Tile worked, but only with active Tile users. There are a lot more active iPhone yeah. users. If you're in the around. US, like you're basically passing one all the time. All the time. So I feel like that's that's the Apple advantage. There's going to be Tile advantages to customization and form factor and possibly even price if they keep going. But the Apple advantage is the ecosystem and the constant find my happening. So that's where I'll leave it. We got a video up about it. Obviously, by the time you see this, it's Friday. So go watch that video for the full breakdown and see how that works. All right, let's take a break. We'll come back. I got to rant about these iMacs. Me too. Hi, we're Visible. We're the wireless company with nothing to hide. Seriously. Hidden fees? We don't have them. Annual contracts? Not our thing. 
great wireless on just one line? Now that's more like it. Get unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just $25 a month. Taxes and fees included. That's right, $25 a month every month. Sorry, hidden fees. We're just not that into you. Sometimes the choice is just Visible. Switch today at Visible.com. Rate with service on the Visible plan. For additional terms and network management practices, see Visible.com. Support for this show comes from NetSuite. And that's exactly what NetSuite provides, support. But what they really provide is support where you need it because no one needs help where they don't need it. So NetSuite wants to provide you with products and services that are tailor-made for your business. Help where you need it. NetSuite is a top-rated cloud financial system bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessible from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. You improve efficiency by bringing all of your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move, so do the math, see how you'll profit with NetSuite. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended their one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks, so head to netsuite.com slash waveform. That's netsuite.com slash waveform, netsuite.com slash waveform. All right, welcome back. Let's, uh, wow, rant? Let's rant. just explain. Rant. Okay. Rant. <laughs> there's, there's a new IMAX. The, there's actually a lot of good stuff going on with this IMAX, so I'm really impressed by a lot of it. But yeah. this is the dynamic of uh, that explainer video I did of the event. It's a very technically impressive new For IMAX. Sure. 100%. It's just super ugly. So let's go over the technical <laughs> stuff first. Let's just get there. Okay. Let's get there. So it's a new 24-inch IMAX. This actually replaces the baseline 21.5-inch IMAX, which mm -hmm. was really getting old. That Intel 21.5-inch 1080p old design iMac that most people shouldn't have bought, this replaces that. Okay. It's a new M1 chip, and it's basically a Mac Mini with a nice screen attached to it. Um, it's really got, nice, yeah. Yeah, it's got the eight core, same M1 as we've been seeing in the Mac Mini and MacBook Pro and MacBook Air, but obviously you have this new thermal envelope of this big display. It is 11 and a half millimeters thin. It is very colorful. And it's got the sort of a two-tone look where any of these seven colors, it'll be like super colorful on the actual Mac part, but then the chin and the base will have this like pastel lighter version. So kind of like- the chin's different than the rest of the- Yeah. Are you sure it's not just the base? That's... Yeah, the chin and the base are, are the second color. I'm looking it up now. That's why I've been so confused. I kept asking yesterday, like, I really like the blue, but I can't tell if it's really light or really dark because I like the dark, but that's because I was seeing pictures of just the back and seeing pictures of just the front. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Yeah. We'll get to the back front dilemma in a second. So, yeah. uh, all right. So there's a couple other cool things. It's got the best camera in any Mac, which is a pretty low bar, but it's a new 1080p camera using the image signal processor from the M1. Should look a little better than previous Macs. Great. Um, but also they're saying it's the best speakers and best microphone in any Mac. That actually should be impressive to me because the the bar for best microphone in a Mac is quite high. Mm -hmm. The studio quality mic in the 16-inch MacBook Pro, I love that thing. Solid, I could podcast yeah. on that. I really like that mic. So they're Please saying, don't. well, they're saying this is a bigger uh, beam-forming array, so it's probably mm -hmm. the same quality mics, but since they're further apart, they can do better like background noise cancellation. That, that, that part I'm interested in because I'm yeah. sure there are a lot of Zoom calls going on in the last year where people are like, God, please, just I'd rather just not listen to you than yeah. have to listen to whatever's going on behind. 
behind you. Yeah, so that'll be exciting. And then in this extremely thin body, they've got these speakers spread out along the bottom, still downward firing, but they've got enough separation to give you Dolby Atmos support, I guess. Uh, I want to hear this <laughs> to believe it. They're saying it's yeah, like sure. room-filling sound and like the biggest, best speakers in any Mac. We'll see, um, but I'm expecting like pretty solid speakers, I which think is I, good enough. When it comes to those sound uh, like promises, I always give them the benefit of the doubt that it is possible because LG has showed us some insane things that they've done with sound with some of their TVs. Do you remember sure. that flat panel TV we saw at CES like three years ago where no sound bar and it was all just doing like sound vibrations from behind it or something and it yep. felt like surround sound. I was like genuinely impressed by that. Yeah, Nothing has ever gotten close to that from what I've seen, but like some... I don't know. Some people can do some crazy thing with sound, so hopefully that's actually as true as it. Yeah, even seems. some tiny phones will give you like somewhat decent, convincing like left-right audio, which is not even that far apart. So imagining like a 24-inch iMac in front of you, the left and the right are pretty far apart. Yeah. So they can give true. you like a pretty good stereo sound. I thought you were for some reason going to talk about was it the U Ultra that like the vibration sound where it just kept like sliding off your desk every time it... Oh, God. Well, yeah. <laughs> That's a whole nother story. Um, another cool thing, the E... Uh, well, th this computer is so thin that there's a couple yeah. things you need to know. Number one, it's only 10 pounds. Wow. Number two, it is too thin for the headphone jack to plug in straight from the back because it's typically about 14 millimeters, a headphone yeah. jack. I don't know if you knew this. Most people picture a headphone jack going into the side of like like the back of your phone or something, the computer's not thick enough. It would stick all the way through the computer. Mm -hmm. So they put the headphone jack on the side. It's hard to understand how thin this is. We haven't seen it yet, but like, I cannot believe. We were looking at our Pro Display XDRs and I was like, how thick do you think this is? Or when we were watching the event, I said, do you think it's as thick as this? And you said, yeah. I was like, I don't know, I think it's thinner. And then we finally found the specs and it's less than half of the thickness of the Pro Display XDR with yeah. the computer inside it. It's wild. Which is crazy. I just looked up the thickness of the MacBook Pro I'm using right now. Because it like bezels like that, I bet you that's thicker. It's Closed. thicker than it's thicker than the iMac. It's thicker than the iMac. It's thicker than the iMac. This is gonna like when we uh when we first got the wallpaper TV, like a segment of our video is comparing the thicknesses of different objects around the it was like the wallpaper TV was thinner than a USB-A plug. Yeah, it was crazy thin. So this iMac, also it's also too thin, by the way, to have an internal power supply. So this is the first <laughs> desktop Mac in as long as I can remember that has a power brick on the outside of it. And what they've done is they've actually let you plug in an Ethernet port, gigabit Ethernet, into the two higher specs will have this, into the power brick. So yeah. you don't have to have that Ethernet port coming all the way up to the back of the iMac. They then have that plugging into the back of the iMac through this new magnetic cable, which is kind of neat, I guess. Um, and there's also no SD card slot in okay. this baseline Why? iMac. Why would there be? I don't know. No one wants Seems that. like if they could fit a headphone jack on the side, they could have fit an SD card slot on the side. Why not? Seems like it's too thin. SD cards are too thick. It just uh, can't fit. I, um, I think the Ethernet through power brick thing is really cool, actually. But at the same time, makes no sense to me why they can't offer that in the base model. Like, I, you just quickly said that it's available on the two higher models. That means it is not available. Therefore, I think you confirmed this. There's no Ethernet on the 
base model at all? Yeah, the base model is a little bit crippled, I would say. So there's typically four USB-C ports on the back, two of them being Thunderbolt. The base model only has two, uh, just two ports. That's all of the ports on the entire iMac is those two Thunderbolt well, ports on the baseline. And the headphone jack. And the headphone jack. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, yeah, you can still do Ethernet via a dongle, but now you only have one port left, <laughs> which yeah, is right. crazy. Um, Someone like 12 South or something's going to make a ton of money off of it. Are they the ones who do that? That little uh, hub that you attach to it, that's definitely going to be the move. So, yeah, I would say the baseline is is still a little bit stripped down. But, again, at the end of the day, that's basically all this is. It's a a Mac Mini with a nice 24-inch 4.5K screen attached to it, and that's good enough for most people. That makes it sound like it's not much, but it's really impressive until you look at the front of it. Right. Okay, so the front is a pretty solid chin. We were talking about it's got this chin before. It's the crimson chin. It's a, it's a, it's it's the a red Jay, one. Yeah, Jay Leno it's happening up Jay. here. <laughs> and it's also got white bezels. For some weird reason, this colorful, cheap iMac, I say cheap, it starts at $12.99, which is okay. But this colorful baseline M1 iMac has white bezels. Now... <laughs> Who? I don't know. This is the thing. Like, we've had a couple Apple products in the past that had white bezels, and it was always the cheap, dumb one. It was like there were a couple old iPhones that did it. People got mad. There were, uh, was it iPhone 5C or like an old iPod? There was an old old iPod Touch. That's what it was. It was the last iPod Touch that came out that had white bezels. Oh, man. I just found that in the drawer the other day. I was like, what is, what? Oh, it's the, Yeah, I forgot about that. I I cannot understand why they would put white bezels specifically on this iMac. My my thought process is if I put myself in in Apple's shoes is, oh, these are bright, pastel-y, like super, you know, clean looking. Maybe this kind of looks like a a photo frame type thing happening. So I'll, I'll put a white bezel on the front. I don't. I don't think it's actually a good choice. I think they had a. The only had a black reasonable one. reason for this to happen is if literally the Easter Bunny worked on the design team because this makes no sense and just feels way too Eastery with all these pastel colors on the front of it and like really light versions of it. But like, it drives me insane. They didn't put the logo on the chin this time. No, I think that's cool and it's clean. It looks really nice on the back. I, I noticed one thing. Everyone on tw- the. The announcement of this was very divided on Twitter. There were people who loved the design and people who hated the design, mostly the colors. Mm-hmm. And every single person that hated it posted a picture of the front of the iMac. And every single person that loved it posted a picture of the back of the iMac. Oh, that's so and perfect. I agree. The back of it looks fantastic. But I do not own enough square footage in a house to put my desk away from a wall. Therefore, I will never see the back of this computer if I ever use it. Yeah, I so said it makes that, no sense to me. I said this in my event recap video. I do not know and I do not care how thick my monitors are. I just <laughs> don't. And like there's a there's a case to be made with like TVs where when we went yeah. from like thick TVs to flat screens, it was so sick to put it up against the wall and have this cool thin looking thing. Um, the difference between this half inch thick iMac and a one inch thick iMac would have been totally like totally fine with me. And it would have let them put a lot more, I think, thermally, a lot more behind the display instead of in the chin. And if they had done that with black bezels, this would have been a dramatically better looking iMac. Now, here's my theory. I think the next higher end 
let's just call it M1X. We know there's going to be like another Apple Silicon higher end chip. Maybe yeah. it's 32 cores, maybe it's bigger. But the next higher end chip that goes in like these higher end machines, the 16 inch MacBook Pro, the 27 inch iMac replacement, I think that those do get the better design. I would bet that those machines do get one to one and a half inches thick, which is still incredibly thin. Mm-hmm. And we'll have black bezel, we'll have like almost a pro display XDR type of look, but we'll have a whole computer in the back. And they'll be way better looking and obviously more powerful and better to buy. I guess my point here is- Wait, wait, wait. I want, I'm gonna go against you on that. Okay. I just, I think it's going to have this, the same design language. I could. I think it was going to be in silver and space gray only for the pro version. Mm-hmm. I could see black bezels because that just fits better with silver and space gray. But I think it's still going to have the chin. And I think that just is so like they all kind of look similar. And I think there's this weird reason where somebody who does a lot of uh, like video editing work or something who's like, I want the pro version. That's too expensive. The non-pro version looks very similar to it, though, and then they go, I don't know. Mm. It's a weird thought. I just, I would I would be willing to bet that it's going to have the chin and a similar design. I don't think they would have two things that are very similar look that much different. That's a good, that last point is probably the best, is that the Apple, for continuity's sake, would probably just make them all look like this. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the most- Maybe a different size. Yeah, the biggest change they made with the iMac Pro is just made it, space gray it just made it black instead of silver i think that's mostly what it'll be yeah oh man this is maybe black bezels to differentiate itself so like you know it's the pro version but it still looks very similar and in the same lineup i just fail to see how they put i don't agree with it i (laughs) I agree sorry sorry no no no. same page different page right yeah it's i I just don't see how they put high-end components in a computer this thin, like a GPU, like when you ha- when you talk about I'm like sorry. 16 inch MacBook Pro, I could Pro. see it being thicker, but still the same design language. Like uh. it's they still want it to look the same from the front and be like when it's in the store, it's going to look very similar when they're all on the same table together. And yeah. I think maybe due to thermals and just GPU and the Pro internals that it needs, be thicker. But I still think it has the chin and Do you it think- has white bezels i will go (laughs) into an apple store and kick all of them off of the shelf i was gonna say do you think they're gonna do black bezels on the higher my biggest gripe with the white bezel is that just like big old webcam dot in the middle like that just does you talk about wanting the front to be clean and then you just have the black dot in the middle of a white bezel it looks awful and so literally the easiest way to do that is a black bezel and it covers that if all of these were not a different tone on the front same color all around in black bezel, I would be in love with these. Yeah, yeah, I would too. I mean, which is a shame because everything else is designed amazingly. Yeah, these iMacs, I will say, look very, very good from the back and from the sides. I just scrolled down and saw a picture of the front. I hate it so much. <laughs> they and look, then it's but for the- real though, like I never look at the side of my my like monitor, and I almost always forget what the back of my monitor looks like. Like I walk up to my desk and I notice it. And that's cool. And I'm sure Apple is very proud of how thin they've made this machine. But once I sit down and I'm working at it, I am staring at the front of it. That's mm-hmm. all I'm looking at. So I would think that maybe someone concerned with the user would try to make the, the front like the most like disappearing part. Um, so if you really want the tech to disappear, black bezels, no chin. But that's just me. Yeah. Um, you know what they did do that's kind of cool though is they did do color matching keyboard and mice. So the Magic yeah. Keyboard 
and the Magic Trackpad and the Magic Mouse. They didn't get any other design updates, which, you know, they probably could have used. But on the mouse? On the mouse and on the, the trackpad. Mouse? Yeah, the mouse needs a... <laughs> Specifically the mouse. A design update, holy hell. Yeah, no, Sorry. they just added colors. Uh, but the new Magic Keyboard, they will have a version with a couple new keys, a spotlight key and emoji key, but super cool, Touch ID. The design is a tad different also. It's like rounded corners instead. Yeah, I think so it looks like it. it looks like uh there's a Logitech key Mac keyboard, I believe, that's a similar, not as thin, but yeah. the like rounded edges. It looks really good. And yeah, like you said, yeah. touch ID. I think a lot of people would have loved face ID, but touch ID is still nice. True. But yeah. throw the mighty mouse out. Magic mouse. I always call it mighty mouse for some reason, but yeah. it's not mighty, it's dumb. <laughs> Sorry. I'm I'm a little ranty today. Yeah, I don't actually use the uh, the default keyboard that comes with the Mac, but if I did, I'd be really happy about Touch ID. I think that's pretty sweet. So <laughs> you need mechanical Touch ID now. I need what, to you add. Need, you need a like cherry cherry MX blue switch that, as you actuate it all the way down, and it makes your click, then it starts scanning your. I finger. bet somebody could do that. It's wireless. It's still Bluetooth. Here's the thing: people make all these. You have to I see could through rant. the switch, though, which would be the hard part. That's what I was going to say is people make all these crazy artisan keycaps with, like, this super intricate stuff. And, like, I always look at those uh, and I'm like, it looks cool, but I need to use the key sometimes. And so I, I would love to see, like, actual effort put into making a real Touch ID button on a mechanical keyboard. Somebody out there, please do that. It would have to be a keycap that fits on normally but at the top of the keycap has some sort of scanner inside of it yeah that doesn't get blocked through that physical switch and then that would have to then though connect to something to confirm it which would be the obviously the hardest part i mean yeah. all of that is very hard but that is the hardest part just of that. rip and the internals out of whatever apple made and put it in one of those artisan keycaps i promise it's going to be great i'll I mean, buy one i will I mean, shout it I mean, out I guess they fit Touch ID into old iPhones. Well, speaking of engineering feats, uh, we'll come back and talk about iPad with M1 because I actually think that's pretty sick for a couple of reasons. We'll see if you agree, but let's take a quick break and come back. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. 
Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. All right, welcome back. Andrew, I have a question. Yeah? What's a computer? I hate you. <laughs> but seriously, what is a computer? What it, What is happening? Apple put an M1 chip, which by the way, a lot of us thought M stood for Mac for a while before they did Wait. this. M1 is now in iPad Pro. Oh, I didn't think of that. Yeah. I thought like I thought I missed them explaining what the M actually stood for. They ne- they never explained. And so, you know, but they started with MacBook Air, MacBook Pro, and Mac Mini. And we knew it was eventually going to come to more Macs, and this was part of Apple Silicon invading the entire Mac ecosystem. So to me, it made sense that they would go M1, M2, M3. It's the Mac chip because they've got the Apple chip and they've got A in oh, the iPhone. Apple chip, that's what A stands for? I don't know. Because I was going to say, A's. if M means Mac, what does A stand for? That's, that's true. Like mobile. They don't have an I chip in the iPhone, do they? Well, either way, <laughs> either way, the M1 chip is in the iPad Pro. Now, is th- a lot of this stuff is really almost the same. Like it's the same iPad Pro body, especially the smaller one. Same thinness, same camera setup. And then a couple other adjustments. So same starting price, but the bigger 12.9-inch iPad Pro now gets an HDR display. It's a liquid retina eight. It's a, a liquid retina XDR display is what they're calling it. Mm-hmm. But it's I think it's like twice as bright as the previous iPad Pro. It's a thousand nits full brightness or sixteen hundred nits peak brightness with HDR. Can you clarify that for me? Uh, I was typing this up in the notes. Yeah. Thousand nits full brightness to me. If I hear that number, I just think it's a thousand nits. That's the right. highest it can go. So peak brightness is just like it's a local measurement. So the entire display can get a thousand nits bright, okay. but certain parts of the display can temporarily peak at over that at sixteen hundred nits. So a lot of huh. HDR images will have like the sun in the corner of the screen, okay. and they'll really blast that value, and that can hit sixteen hundred nits. Kind of what I was cool. guessing. I just okay. Cool. Yeah. So that's that's going to be an awesome display. I mean, they compared it a lot to the Pro Display XDR, which yeah. I use and I love. So that's that's a great sign. But I do want to see this in person. It'll be cool sidecarring this if you have a Pro Display XDR. Now it'll feel way nicer. True. They'd have like a crazy disparity of yeah of displays yeah then there's a couple other small updates so there's again the just the xdr display is only on the bigger one but both ipad pros now have a thunderbolt port instead of a USB-C port it's still USB-C, but Yay. now thunderbolt speed which is awesome thanks to that m1 chip they will also both now do up to two terabytes That's- of storage <laughs> which is hilarious so dumb. and it's awesome but it's just insane I, I don't yeah know. i don't know how lot. storage still surprises me anymore i just my first ever storage experience was having to buy a one gig flash drive in high school, and it was eighty bucks. Sheesh. And you don't know, like I did not have eighty bucks flowing around in, yeah. in high school, but I was a nerd and I bought it anyway. So well, now you can get two thousand gigabytes in an <laughs> iPad Pro, <laughs> and uh, there's also five G now, so you can get a five G. Uh, there was a cellular option, of course, before, so it'll do five G, which is pretty sweet. Um, there's also now a new ultra wide selfie camera that will have a center stage feature in certain apps that allow it, obviously Apple's apps included, so it'll keep you in the middle of the frame. So if you're on a video call, like a FaceTime, for example. Yeah, like walking around. Exactly, you you can walk around and it'll follow you around like Facebook's portal would have if you had one of those uh, as you're on a FaceTime call. Apple, this does not make up for you continuing to put the webcam in the wrong place on the iPad. I just want you to know, you still should have put it on the side bezel because everyone uses an iPad 
horizontally for the most part, especially when they're on a video call. So you should have put it on the side, but you know, it's ultra wide now. So I'll give it a shot because I imagine if you don't have center stage on, you can see more in the display. I want to cool. like test how crazily you can move around and how well it keeps you in frame. Sprinting like, across the frame. Yeah, I want to do some like, we should film some like action scenes with it. You holding it selfie style, running around the like studio and see how well it, it keeps you centered. Why even need a Ronin anymore if it does well? We can just film all our video, True. all our action sequences, selfie cam, iPad. So this is where that what is a computer question comes up again for me because a lot of these internals, when you think about it, it's just, it's a Mac inside. It's got the, let's just look at the big one. It's got an XDR display, which is already great. It's a mini LED display, but it's it's HDR. It's got a Thunderbolt port. It's got an M1 chip, up to two terabytes of storage and 16 gigs of RAM. And it's like- It's better it's, than my laptop at home. Right, but it's just gonna run iPad OS again, just like the last incredibly powerful iPad Pro. And it's still gonna be limited by pretty much all the same stuff the last iPad Pro. Like we had this conversation already mm-hmm. when the A12Z iPad Pro was just a more powerful version of the A12 iPad Pro. And it has like full keyboard and mouse support also, right? Right, and you know, sidecar of course with the Mac and everything, but like they they showed like with this Thunderbolt port, you can plug it directly into a Pro Display XDR and it will now fully output 6K, like full frame rate and everything. Like you can plug your iPad into a Pro Display XDR, which is $5,000. And they showed someone doing that, like that was a normal workflow. These are the people that buy Macs, right? Like what is happening? I actually see, that's awesome. For like a graphic designer who uses Apple Pencil a lot, now they can literally just, now they don't have their, what's it called? Like the- The Wacom tablets and stuff? Yeah, yeah, like they have their iPad that they're using that, but now they're not doing it on just the iPad. They're hooking it up to a computer. I'm sure there was some way of doing that before, obviously, but it's just all in one thing now. That's insanity. Like I joke about like what kind of a human plugs in their iPad directly into a $5,000 cinema display. Like fully understanding that this is going to be an amazing workflow for a small number of people. Like Mm -hmm. the, the graphic designer you're talking about who never has to open their Mac to send this stuff off. They'll do all of the art on the iPad Pro. They'll use the display for everything and then they can send everything off and it's fine. But like, what? <laughs> it's a Mac. It's just a Mac. <laughs> I want to use Final Cut oh. Pro on this so bad. And there's just, there's so many little things that the iPad doesn't quite do. They've gotten really good at getting around a lot of that stuff with their UI elements. But it's like, what are you, what are you doing on an iPad that you couldn't do with an A12Z? I don't really know anymore. It, it is pretty wild. And I guess now it's even more close to like, it's a computer when the computers are running the same chips now. Like we have, offic- Apple has officially meshed it into the same thing. Literally and the same chip. Imagine if- It's uh, harder to, yeah. Imagine if an Android tablet came out with uh, Intel Core i7, 32 gigs of RAM, and a GTX. Like you would be like, there's, wow, what are you doing in Android I'm that this sure there's works? one out there. It's probably just terrible and <laughs> didn't sell at all. But it would make sense if it ran Windows is the thing because then you could actually take advantage of like, oh, the things I do in Windows, maybe there's some gaming I wanna do on this tablet. Maybe there's something I'm doing with the apps that run on Windows that could take advantage of the GTX, whatever. But if it just ran Android, this would seem kind of ridiculous. I, I'm sh- There might be one out there. I'm not sure people can fact check us on that. It, the fact that we don't know about it means it's not being marketed very well, if it is. Um, I, I really feel like every time something like this happens, 
somebody or whoever Windows Android is trying to do it, instead of making it just a powerful tablet, they're making this weird like two-in-one. Mm-hmm. And Apple will never make a two-in-one mm-hmm. because they're stupid. <laughs> um, I shouldn't say that. Maybe one will happen eventually. I, a tablet makes no sense if you have to use it by flipping a keyboard onto the back and then there's a keyboard there. It's just yeah, insane wait, to me. Wait, let's talk about that. Okay, would Apple ever make a two-in-one? Like that where the screen can't detach. So there's a difference. There's the Surface Book where the tablet completely came off. And yeah. I think that's a much, much better way of doing it. The like old Pixel Book where it's a touch screen and in order to use it in tablet mode, your keyboard is now just on the back of the tablet and that's how you're holding it is ridiculous. And I think- please stop- doing that. I think Apple would argue that they already make a two-in-one with the iPad Pro and the Magic Keyboard with trackpad. I wouldn't call that a two-in-one. I would just call that an awesome tablet with a great accessory. What's the difference between that and the Surface tablet with a great keyboard accessory? I actually think, I don't, I think that's a tablet. There, I'm talking about like two-in-one, like does Microsoft call that a two-in-one? Or do they just call it, it was the Surface X, right? That's what you're talking about? No, they're uh, like a Surface Pro tablet. It was that, the, the the X, I think it was. Had that like remember it had it was the, the one pen. with the arm chip, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I get. Yeah, that's I a tablet. That. I would call that a tablet. Not I a think if, one. Okay. like even the Surface Book, you could probably almost argue is a tablet because I'm pr- pretty sure I'm not totally confident on this that all the internals are in the screen and the tablet, and that could pop off the keyboard. The keyboard mm-hmm. was thick and made it feel like a real like laptop when it was in that. Minus the the hinge was kind of weird. But like the two in ones, when I I consider a two in one, where the touchscreen part to be first of all, if you call it tablet mode, that's not a, that's never a tablet. <laughs> so that's like red flag number one. And I just hate when now you're holding a tablet that's twice as thick, that is kind of bending apart and not totally flush, and then like there's keys on the back of you holding it. Yeah. So I think the Surface that one would be a tablet. I th- I. I really liked the Surface X. So your your definition of a two-in-one is something that starts off default as a laptop and happens to be able to convert into a tablet rather than something that starts off as a tablet and happens to be able to convert into a laptop. I would say if the average person didn't know what it was and is just looking at it, what they would call a laptop, what looks like a laptop, yeah, pretty much what you said. Okay. But like, because even the, the, uh, the Magic Keyboard... On, or wait, what's it called? The, the Magic Keyboard the with trackpad. Folio keyboard, uh, folio keyboard, right? They make a folio keyboard. Oh, yeah. the Magic. Okay, yeah. Like that doesn't really look like a laptop. It's like the tablet's like floating above it. And it's a little. Yeah, it doesn't look like a laptop, but yeah, yeah, okay. If the default aspect is in a is a tablet, like that's the tablet, and then there's an accessory that turns into a keyboard, that's a tablet to me. A two in one yeah. is like. You've really confused me. Yeah, if I'm being like honest. It, the, really it is a blurry me. is a blurry line because when I describe a ta- like a Surface tablet, it's like okay, it's a it's a touchscreen. It's got all the components in it already. It's got the ports and everything. And if I connect it just right with these pins, you can connect it to a keyboard, and now you can use it like a laptop. That is exactly what an iPad Pro is with yeah. its Magic Keyboard and a trackpad. So you know, it's a it's a blurry line. But that's line. not a two in one. That's not a two in one. No. And a two in one would be if they added a touchscreen to the MacBook Pro and let us flip it around like a yoga all the book way. Or something. Yeah, yeah. That I don't that think I don't think do they'll that. make. Okay, we're on okay. the same page. Same page. Yeah. But anyway, confusing. See, same this page. iPad Pro confuses us because it makes us ask weird questions like, "What is a computer?" Um, <laughs> I I think this will be 
it's it's really just Apple extending their lead as far as like it's power. Just like in, the, in the virtual production thing, just another yeah. league on this one. It's uh, their it's their it's their lead in power and efficiency. They're quoting roughly the same battery life. I'm really curious about this. I'm I'm going to get my hands on it and test it, and you guys can expect a video. But there is a very big battery in the bigger iPad Pro. We looked it up. It's about twice the size of the physical battery in the MacBook Air. So again, they're quoting the same battery, but I'm very I'm Ooh. very curious what a 120 hertz mini LED, 16 gigs of RAM, and an M1 chip will do to an iPad but battery. That's kind of interesting, though, because when we've compared M1 chips and efficiency with battery beforehand, it's because we were comparing it to like an Intel chip and a laptop. Yeah. Now what's changing is it's going from an A14 chip to an M1 chip. Yeah, so, A12Z. Or a, yeah, yeah, A12. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry. And then like, which one of those is more efficient? Yeah. So we might actually not get better battery life out of it because the A chip was very efficient. If I was guessing, I think we'll see the same battery life, but dramatically more I would agree power, with that. Mm -hmm. which is fine. Great. I, I just immediately thought like M1 chip, longer battery life iPad sounds amazing. But I, I forgot that that's the difference. Yeah. I still use a 2018 iPad Pro at home because it is functionally minus like one extra camera and a LiDAR sensor, the exact same as the newer iPad. Mm -hmm. And now with this M1 iPad, again, I use a smaller one, so I'm not gonna get mini, mini LED. So it's again, functionally the same as the newer one. Honestly, all we're really talking about here is a spec bumped iPad. It's just a spec bumped iPad, but it is so powerful and so far ahead of the rest of tablets that it really makes us question like, what can you really do with it? Can I use it as a computer? Can I plug it into a Pro Display XDR and get work done on this thing? I don't know. That, but that's how powerful it do is. Do you think Apple will use that quote? Just a spec bump iPad. Marquez Brownlee, 2021. <laughs> they, It'd be a bad, bad It's funny quote. because that's actually kind of a good thing. Like <laughs> they, a, they're a the only people, ones who could pull that off. Yeah, like thing. a lot of people will say, oh, it's just a blah, 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 but a little bit better. I mean, they basically that's do a good fastest thing. iPad ever is what they're going to say. Oh, Be yeah. Best iPad ever. Yeah. It was so funny. Those charts they showed us in the event, they were like, this is 1,500 times as fast as the first iPad. It's like, great. <laughs> I, I guess so. <laughs> Sounds fantastic. Uh, call me when I know what that actually means. Uh I think that's about it. That's, we should test that. Yeah, we should test the first-gen <laughs> iPad and see if it's actually 1,500 times faster. That's a real chart, by the way, that they told us. It was literally that much faster. They should, Apple could just throw up fake like comparisons in the background, and people would probably be too wowed at the visuals happening on. It's like, the, the new iPad's 10 times faster than a Cheetah. And be like, sick. Please take that joke out, Adam. God, look, end the show. End it, end it, end it, end it. Well, that's, that's pretty much it for uh, all the Apple stuff. Again, stay tuned to the channel. By the time you hear this podcast on Friday, which is when we drop every week, you'll probably already see that video out about the AirTags. But of course, that other iMac stuff and the M1 iPad Pro hopefully should be in the works before it comes out. And you guys should be able to see that too. So stay tuned, get subscribed. Thanks for listening to the Waveform Podcast. Hopefully we weren't too ranty today. We were. We were. Catch you guys in the next one. Waveform is produced by Adam Molina. We are partnered with Studio 71 and our intro outro music was created by Cameron Barlow. Hi, we're Visible. We're the wireless company with nothing to hide. Seriously. Hidden fees? We don't have them. Annual contracts? Not our thing. Great wireless on just one line? Now that's more like it. Get unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just $25 a month. Taxes and fees included. That's right. $25 a month? Every month. Sorry, hidden fees. We're just not that into you. Sometimes the choice is just Visible. Switch today at Visible.com. 
Rate with service on the Visible plan. For additional terms and network management practices, see Visible.com.